0: Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Now before I go any further, it doesn't get any plainer than that. It doesn't get any more real than that. Ask, and it shall be given you. He didn't say it might be, maybe so, think so, hope so. He said, ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh. Charles, what does it say next? And everyone that asketh receiveth. And he that seeketh findeth. And by him that knocketh... What, Robert? Whew. I'm not trying to waste your time here. I want this to sink in, Mike. Somebody needs to get this tonight. Amy, read that verse again. Ask and it shall be what? Ashley, seek and you shall what? Terry Ann, knock and it shall be what? Angie, for everyone that seeketh or asketh. David Keaton, and he that seeketh. Braxton, and to him that knocketh it shall be what? I want to talk to you for a few moments on this tonight. Don't stop short. Keep pushing. My God. Don't stop short. Keep pushing. Don't stop short. Keep pushing in. Keep pushing through. Keep pushing beyond. Keep going until you reach the goal. Father, I ask you right now that you'd anoint me as a man from another world. God, I feel a, I feel an excitement in my spirit. I feel an urging in my heart. I feel an anointing in my soul. God, I just pray right now. God, you'll anoint me to preach this word with authority, with power, with boldness, with strength tonight. And anoint every heart and every ear and every soul, God, that they'll hear and receive from your word. And Lord, as we pray so often, God, do not let us leave without being changed in some way by your word and by your spirit and by your power. God, we Thank you for what you have done. We thank you for what you are doing. And we thank you, oh God, for everything that you are going to do. God because you are going to do it tonight in Jesus name. Amen. I want you to turn, look at your neighbor and say, "Don't stop." Some of you done sit down, stand back up. Look over at your neighbor and say, "Don't stop. Keep pushing." Now look on the other side, "Don't stop. Keep pushing." you folks like to sit down too quick amen you've been on your feet all night I understand amen Junior good to see you tonight buddy don't stop short keep pushing a little different word tonight but I want to give you what God has given me in my heart for this service here tonight first of all I want to stop and tell you God wants you to have his very best God doesn't want you to have second best. God doesn't want you to have anything other than His best for your life. I want to just share something with you up front. God doesn't want us to struggle financially. God doesn't want us to be sick. God doesn't want us to be bound. God doesn't want us to walk in a lot of the things that we walk in. God wants us to be financially blessed. He wants us to be healed. He wants us to be well. He wants us to be whole. And He wants us to know all of His goodness. Amen. So in that being said, you got to learn how to receive God's best in your life. Charles Liner, he wants you to walk in the very best that he's got to offer. But I got to tell you, you got to learn how to walk in it. It doesn't just happen overnight. It doesn't just happen because you prayed one or two prayers. you got to learn how to walk in God's best. you got to learn how to reach that point and that place with Him. Too often the reason we're not receiving the, the best that God has is because we're willing to settle for less. Now, I don't want any kind of response in this room tonight, but I'm going to ask you this. How many here tonight have settled for less? Now, some folks would never admit that. They would never say that. They would never open up and just say, Well, i got to admit, Pastor, I've settled for less. But the reality of it is, and I'm talking to me and everybody else in this house, if I'm not walking in God's very best, I have settled for less. If you're not walking in God's very best for your life, you you have settled for less. And there is no other way to look at it. Now, I'm going to bust my own hide tonight, and I'm going to get on my own toes for a few moments tonight because I need to understand and I need to realize more and more God wants me to have his very best. He wants me to live in it. He wants me to operate in it, and he wants it to be a part of my everyday life. And I'm just going to be real. And maybe we don't, we don't like to make these kind of statements. But if we're not there, I, do, I, may, I just say it this way. I don't believe it's pleasing unto the Lord. Now, what does that mean, Pastor? It means we're not pleasing God if we're not there? No, it doesn't mean that. But God is pleased the more that we walk in His goodness and the more we walk in His best and the things He has designed for our life. How much more does it please the Lord? So you have to understand, let me put it this way, every step forward you take, it brings more pleasure to God. Every step forward you move in the things that He has to set aside for you, it pleases the Lord. Every step closer you get, how much more? Not only does it bless you, but it blesses God. And I'm speaking to me and everybody in this room. God wants us to be there. He doesn't want us to settle for less. Very few are committed to God's best, even though. Very few are committed to God's best. We've been influenced, I want anybody hear this, we have been influenced more by the world than by God's Word. Now that doesn't come, pertain to everybody I know, but I want you to listen to it again. We have been influenced, excuse me, by, more by the world than by the Word of God to accept far less than what God has provided. In too many ways, we have been influenced by the world to accept way less than what God has provided for us. But here's what I gotta ask you: As the Bible said, whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the word of the world? Are you going to believe the word of Almighty God? Because here's the reality: If we believe the word of God, we can walk in everything God has provided to us. But too often, as long as you can live with less than God's best, you will. Did you hear that? Too often, as long as you can live with less than God's best, you will because let me tell you why. If we choose to live in less, it doesn't take as much effort. If we choose to live with less, it doesn't cost us quite as much. If we choose to live with with less, we don't have to push quite as hard. If we choose to live with less, we can just kind of casually get by. But when you start going after the best God's got for you, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you some effort. It's going to cost you some labor. It's going to cost you certain things. But I want to ask you this question. Are you willing to do whatever it takes to have the best God has to offer in your life and walk in the glories of the Lord and walk in the presence of God and walk in the glory of God more than you've ever walked in it before? Are you willing to go there? Think about it. You have to get sick and tired of being sick and tired as the old saying before you will aggressively pursue the best God's got. I'm gonna be real with you. I hadn't got there yet, but I'm trying to get there. I've been serving God most all my life. I haven't got there yet, but I'm striving to get there. But you gotta get sick and tired of being where you are and aggressively pursue what God has designed for you. You have to be dissatisfied with mediocrity before you can experience all God has for you. Let's be real for a moment. The majority of people in the church world today are satisfied with mediocrity. They're satisfied to be in the middle of the road. They're satisfied to just have a little blessing now and then and have a little uh, goodness of the glory of God, if you will, once in a while. But I want to tell you something. God doesn't want us to be satisfied in those places. I hear Brother Ted say it quite often. He said, man, we got steak and Potatoes today. I want steak and potatoes every day that I walk in the presence of God. I want the best God's got to offer me every day of my life. Amen. Now listen to me. Let's go a little further with this. It does not happen accidentally or automatically that we walk in God's best. Some people get this idea that just because they got saved, life's going to be a cakewalk, it's going to be a bed of roses, and they're going to have everything great, grand, and wonderful all the time. I got news for you. Thank God you got saved. Thank God you got washed in the blood of the Lamb. But the process you have to walk through is going to cost you a desire it's going to cost you what you have to be willing to pay to get where you want to go with God. Amen? Amen? Now listen, if you don't pursue God's best, you won't get God's best. Now I'm going to tell you again, I'm preaching probably to me as much or more than anybody in this room tonight. Listen to me. If you don't pursue God's best, you're not going to get God's best. Everything in our fallen world naturally goes from good to bad, as far as the world's concerned. We see it every day. Things don't get better without effort. Things don't change without effort. Notice what he said in Matthew 7 and 7 again. We have to seek to find. We have to knock to get the door open. And we have to ask before we can receive. Now I know it turns a little different than the way it actually stated in the beginning, but listen again, we have to seek to find. We have to knock to get the door to swing open wide. And we have to ask before we can receive. Now, I want to get ahead of myself tonight, but I'm going to tell you what I, need, what I believe that we need to do as the people of God today. We need to practice receiving. We need, to earn, we need to learn the art of receiving from God. We need God to teach us how to receive from Him. One of the hardest things for us to do sometimes is to receive from others. We, we may want to give and we may want to do and we want to do more for others than what they do for us, but sometimes you just have to stop and be willing to receive. Well, God sent me by to tell you on a Sunday night. He's calling you to a place to be open where you can receive anything that He offers you. We got to learn to practice to receive from God. We must raise our sights and we must aim higher in God than we have ever gone before. Many people are shooting at nothing and hitting it every time. Many people are shooting at nothing when it concerns the things of the Lord and they're hitting their target every time. Why? Because they're not expecting nothing. They're not looking for nothing. They're not reaching for nothing. They're not going after nothing and they're staying right where they are and they're hitting the bull. I almost said it and I'm going to go ahead and say it. They're hitting the bullseye where they're behind every time. Amen? Because they're not reaching, they're not going, they're not striving, they're not trying, they're not doing, and they're reaching the bullseye every time. But God sent me by to tell you we need to start shooting for higher, aiming for greater, and going after more with God than we've ever gone after before in our life. Stop being satisfied where you are. God has more in store for you. God has more in store for your family. God has more in store for your home. But you gotta be able to see. See beyond where you are. you got to be able to see beyond the place where you are. Notice in Jeremiah 29 11 it says, I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. One place says to give you a hope and a future. I, let me read that last part again. To give you an expected end. In. Another says, a hope and a future. What God wants us to understand, he knows the thoughts he thinks toward us and they are peace and not of evil and he has an expected end set in motion for you. He has a hope and a future for your life but until you can see that hope and that future for yourself, you get stuck in the same old rut that you've been in over and over and we're like the children of Israel going around and around and around in circles for 40 years when the promise of God is standing right out in front of us. Somebody listen to me tonight. You've been going around and around the mulberry bush over and over and over again. You've been going around and around in circles with God over and over again. God is saying, stop going in circles and line yourself up with my spirit and follow me in to the promise for your life. Oh, God, I'm talking to somebody in this room. Listen, when the Lord spoke to Jeremiah to write these words, Israel was devastated. The city of Jerusalem had been destroyed. Many people had been taken captive to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar. Thoughts of peace were probably the last thing on their mind. But God said, I know what I think about you. The thoughts I have are peace and not evil. I have set forth an expected end for you. And I believe what God, I know in my heart, what God was saying to them, it's not a bad end, but it's a wonderful, it's a good end. But you got to see what I see. you got to go where I'm taking you. You can't follow man's design. You can't follow your own heart. you got to follow where I'm taking you. And I hear the Lord speaking that to us tonight. we got to follow where he's taking us. Jeremiah went on to say in verse 12 and 13, Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me and find me, when you shall search for me with all your heart. I want you to notice that last part again. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. When's the last time you went after God with your whole heart? I'm not talking about surface prayers. I'm not talking about empty prayers. I'm not talking about rehearsed prayers. I'm going to be honest with you. And I'm going to be real with you for a moment. Tonight. I'm going to preach on me for a minute. I used to be one who was bad to pray rehearsed prayers. I would pray rehearsed things. And I'd pray those certain things over and over and over again. And I'm not saying that I was wrong by rehearsing what I was praying. But here's what I want you to understand. God don't want us to get into a rehearsed manner that we get so stuck in what we're saying that we're that we're we're hung up to the point and the place that we can't get where God's wanting us to be. What I want you to understand tonight in this is this: He said, "When you search for Him with all of your heart, you can't get up and caught up in the same old same old. You got to go after God with everything that is within you." That's why every morning when I get up to pray and I'm reading my Bible and I'm seeking the Lord, I'm looking up to God and say God I want you I want you more than anything Lord I want you in my heart I want you in my life I want you a part of who I am God I want you and I understand when I become to come to the place Matt that I pray that way I want God with all my heart and when I seek him with all my heart my Bible tells me I will find him I don't mean to get out on a limb here, but I'm going to get there while I'm here. Some of you can't find God because you don't go after Him with your whole heart. I'm preaching to somebody in this room. You, You can't find God because you won't go after Him with your whole heart. You won't go after Him with everything in you. You can't find God until you get hungry for God. You can't find God in the way you need to find God until you really desire the Lord. Here's something that shakes me and bothers me. Don't anybody in this house here? I've had people tell me they prayed and believed God, but nothing happened. I've heard people say this Well, I fasted and I prayed, and nothing happened. I've heard people say, Well, I prayed and I believed God, and nothing happened. And just because something ha- didn't happen in their time frame or on their schedule or the way they believed it or the way they thought it, they just gave up on God and they said, "There's no need to pray no more. There's no need to fast no more. There's no need to seek God anymore." But these scriptures promise otherwise. So can I ask you this: Who is right? I choose to believe God is true. I'll oh, give me my hand clap of praise. I choose to believe that God is true. Let's go back to that verse again. Then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. Who's right? God's right. Who's real? God's real. Who's true? God's true. Let God be true. Let every man be a liar. The key is this. We have to seek with all of our heart. That's the missing element. I asked you this earlier. I'm going to ask you again tonight when's the last time you sought God with all your heart? When's the last time you sought God with everything that is within you? Sometimes you can seek God with all your heart. You might get through in five minutes. Sometimes it may be five hours, but you got to be willing to press through. What we say earlier don't stop, keep pushing. Forgive me, but I feel the Lord here tonight. we got to reach a point where we won't live with anything less than God's best in our life. we got to reach a point where we won't live with anything less than what God's designed for us. The bar of expectations, even within the church, has been lowered in regards to healing, finance, and many more. Can I say that again? The bar of expectations even within the church has been lowered regarding healing, finance, deliver, deliverance, and miracles. Many people today do not really, they we say we do, but we really don't believe miracles are going to happen. We pray about our finance, but we really don't believe that God's going to make a way. We pray about healing in our bodies, but we really don't believe that God's going to heal us. We pray for deliverance, but we really don't believe that God's going to deliver us. And I don't mean this the way it's going to sound, but i got to say it. If you don't believe it, you shouldn't even waste your breath to pray it. But I'm coming to this point point in this place in my life when I pray and I seek the Lord, He may not always answer my prayer the way I want Him to and He may not always do it in my way or He may not always do it the way I see it, Ken Clark, but I'm learning more every day that when I put my dependence upon Him, my healing is coming, my financial outpouring is coming, my abundance is coming, my breakthrough is coming, my, oh, the prison door's about to be opened. Somebody's got to get this now. Somebody has got to hear this. And here's something that shakes me. Sometimes there's such a fear that somebody might be disappointed and therefore condemned that some ministers have begun to teach people to settle for less and avoid the disappointment. What's wrong with that? Everything. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you to just settle for less and don't be disappointed. I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to say to you, reach for everything God's got for your life. And don't you expect anything else less from God. Don't expect anything less from the Lord, but go after everything God's got. Less is not the best for you, but the most God's got is the best for you. We have all been raised in and influenced by an ungodly culture. Amen. Nobody learns how, and listen, nobody learns how to receive God's best overnight. I said that earlier, Charles, but I won't say it again. Nobody learns how to do it overnight. It's a process, and we need to begin moving in that direction. And I said it earlier, I have not arrived there either, but I'm surely on my way. I haven't reached all of that yet in my life either, but I'm surely on my way. I'm seeking Him more after more and more every day. I'm going after Him more every day. But listen, God has far more for all of us than we are experiencing I want you to help me preach. I want you to look over at your neighbor, and I don't want you to smile. I don't want you to grin. I want you to be very serious. But look at the person next to you. Look them right in the eye and say this for me. Say it. Turn and look at them. God has far more for you than you are experiencing. Turn to the other side. God has far more for you than you are experiencing. Now look at them again say, get after it. Get after it. Get hungry. I like that, brother. Go get it. I don't mean to sound angry tonight. I'm not mad at anybody in this room, but I'm mad at every devil of hell. I'm mad at every demon of hell because of how he's robbed God's people and how he's lied to God's people and he's held God's people back from the greatest things that God has designed for their life. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of being held back. I'm ready to push through in the presence of God's glory. I'm ready to push through into the presence of God's glory. I'm ready for God's best in my life. What we talk about this morning. Listen. Christians ought to be walking in supernatural healing. Christians ought to be living supernatural lives. But I want to take that a little bit further. You can't be a Christian without having Christ. you got to have Christ. But there's a lot of people that claim to be Christians that don't really have Christ. So let me just say it like this. People that have a real relationship and a real walk with God ought to be walking in supernatural healing with the Lord. Now let's take it one more one more step. They ought to be walking in financial prosperity with God. They ought to be walking in the goodness of the Lord. I want to tell you something that we don't like to talk about and we don't like to say it because we think, well, if we're not walking there, we're not there. We feel like we missed it somewhere, but I want you to listen to me tonight. It's God's will that every one of His people prosper and be in good health. It's God's will that every one of His people prosper and be in good health. I said it's God's will that His people walk prosper and walk and live in good health it's God's will for us to be blessed it's not God's will for us to live in lack it's not God's will for us to live in bondage of sickness and disease and poverty I know that's not popular preaching today it's not my word read it for yourself it's in the book Now, does that mean that we're going to have the finest mansion in town, drive the finest automobile in town? Not necessarily so. Not saying you can't and not saying God won't. But it is saying to us this, God wants us to walk in His provision. He doesn't want us to be in poverty. He doesn't want us to be in lack. He doesn't want us to be bound by sickness and bondage in our life. I want somebody to get a hold of that tonight. I want somebody to grab that tonight. You'll never receive God's best until you become completely dissatisfied with second best, and it's called mediocrity. Tim, when you was a professional bull rider, you would never be satisfied with second best. You'd never be satisfied with mediocrity. Your goal and your passion was to be number one and to be the very best. Am I right? When you go after something in life, our goal and our passion are to be the very best in what we do. Well, let me just stop and ask you, where did it change when it came to the spiritual things of God? Our goal and our passion ought to be the very best that we can be and have in the Lord. One of these days, listen to me, one of these days we're all going to stand before God. And in an instant of time, we're going to know what we could have had while on this earth. Boy, you talk about an awakening moment. One day we're going to stand before God. And I believe that, Kevin. In a moment of time, in an instant of time, we're going to be made aware of what we could have had while we were on this earth. And I just got to ask you, what kind of shock is it going to be? What kind of awareness is it going to be? What kind of wake-up call is it going to be? We will understand that the same power that raised Christ from the dead was resident within us all alone. We will understand that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead operated in us. In Ephesians 1.18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power? Listen, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in in the heavenly places. What is he trying to tell us? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is operating in you and me. But we've got to allow it to exercise in our life. Whew. Let me tell you, Robert, what I believe. I got two Roberts. So Robert Ogle, I'll pick on you for a moment. Let me tell you what I believe, Robert. I believe that at that moment when we stand before God, We're going to discover that we did not have to be sick. I believe we're going to discover that we did not have to live broke. That we did not have to be depressed. That we did not have to be discouraged. That we did not have to be desperate. I got one that's right we're going to realize then and there, Tiffany, we're going to realize that love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and tempers were living inside of us the whole time. We're going to realize then and there, Angie, we're going to realize then and there that the things that God said would be inside of us were living and working in us all the while even though we did not allow it to exercise in our life. We need to understand tonight that the things God has put in us, he put in us for a reason that they might be exercised through us and let me back up for just a moment, what does that mean? That means every day we ought to live in love, joy peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness faith, meekness and temperance why? it's a part of who we are I'm bringing down to a close, musicians be coming on up here and get ready, I didn't stop at 6 but I ain't too far away, listen This is what you got to get. I want everybody to elbow your neighbor and say, listen to what he's going to tell you. We don't have to limp into heaven crying, praise God we made it. I ain't got enough hair to get back wet back there now. We don't have to limp into heaven and cry, praise God, we made it. But what you got to understand, we can live a life of victory right now. And I got news for you. I'm not planning on limping into glory. I'm not planning on haphazardly making it in. I'm not planning on making it in by the chinny chin chin. But I'm going to live in victory every day of my life as God allows me to. And when the trumpet sounds or I go by the way of the grave and he comes again, I'm telling you, I'm going to walk. Oh, God, I feel him. Come here, Caleb. Hurry. Hurry. Do it again. I got a feeling this way some folks going to get on into heaven. Are you listening to me? I ain't done that in a long time. Thank you, brother. Jesus died to deliver us from the present evil world. Simple statement, but it's so real. Jesus died to deliver us from the present evil world that we live in. He died that you don't have to be bound. He died, you don't have to be burdened. I'm going to pick on some different folks. He died. Anna, you don't have to be bound. Jennifer, he died, you don't have to be bound. Hannah, he died, so you don't have to be bound. Regina Clark, he died, so you don't have to be bound. He died so that we can be to, to deliver us from this present evil world. But listen, unless you're willing to stand and fight the fight of faith, you will become overcome with this world. I want you to listen to that statement again. Unless you're willing to stand and fight the fight of faith, you will be overcome by this world. The only way you can overcome the world is by fighting the good fight of faith. If you don't stir yourself up, you're going to settle to the bottom. If you don't stir yourself up, you're going to hit rock bottom. If you don't allow the Spirit of God to get a hold and stir and move in your spirit, you will settle down to a place where you don't need to be. Now let me do this and I close. The world isn't going to encourage you to work God's best. Are you hearing me? The world is not going to encourage you toward God's best. And the sad part is most Christian people are not either. The world is not going to entice you to get closer to God, and the sad part is, there's many people that call themselves children of God. That's not going to take you there either. We have to recognize that it's all about receiving what God has already. Listen to me. We got to recognize it's all about receiving what God has already done, and not about getting God to do something that He has not yet done. Here's what you need to realize. Everything you need is inside of you if you have the fullness of God. Gene Sasser, you read the Bible through year after year and you've done it for many years and you can back up what I'm saying. But if we have the fullness of God within us, Gene, if I'm right, then we have inside of us everything that we need from the Lord. But yet we're searching and we're crying and we're praying and we're looking for these things to come or these things to happen when all the while God is saying, it's already inside of you. What are you saying, Pastor? Listen, I'm going to mess some people up right here. I'm going to mess up somebody's theology right here. We don't need God to heal us. And I'm standing here, a man who's prayed for healing over and over again, and I'm still believing it, and I'm going to watch God do it. But, Colin, I don't need to pray for God to heal me. Some of you looking at me kind of strange right now. How can you say that, Pastor? Let me tell you why. We don't need God to heal us. Why? Because he said in 1 Peter 2 and 24, By his stripes ye were healed. We don't need God to heal us. Why? Because your stripes, ye were healed. You know what it tells me, David Keaton? The healing is already there. The miracle's already there. I just got to come to the place that I can receive it and I can accept it and I can believe it for myself. Now, does that mean we don't pray for God to heal us no more? No, sir. You keep praying for God to heal. You keep praying for God to do a work in your life. What you got to understand is what you're waiting on God to do, He's already done. What you're waiting on God to to take place, He's already done it in your life. you got to come to the point and the place that you can receive it. The miraculous healing power is already in us. Stand to your feet. The miraculous healing power of God, very softly, is already in us. I'm going to give you one more. I'm not going off Keith Owensby's theology. I'm doing off what the Word said. And Charles, if I read it, he's right. He said you were healed. Lynn Carpenter is not in this room right now. He's on security out front somewhere. But last Sunday, we laid our hands on him. We laid our hands on his eyes. Charles Lyder came to me and told him. We laid our hands on his eyes. And I saw him somewhere after church that Sunday night. Asked him, how you doing? He said, well, it, it, it about saying He couldn't wait to hunt me down after church this morning. And told me, he said, Pastor, I just want to tell you, God has healed my eyes. You want me to tell you why? We laid hands on him and we'd agreed together in faith. But before we ever touched him, Greg Keaton, the healing of his body was already inside of him, the miracle was already in him. But we laid hands and we came into agreement together. And there is power in the agreement of brothers and sisters in the Lord. Listen, I won't mess nobody up. We don't need God to move. You heard me right. We don't need God to move. We need to believe what He's already done. Because here's the deal whether you want God to move or not, God's already moving. Whether you want God to move or not, God's already moving. And you can't stop Him. You can't get in His way. You can't hold Him back. And you can't hold Him up. But I will tell you this. And see, I pray more and more. God move more every day. God move all the while. God move more and more and more and more and more and more in my life, in my family, in my home, in my church. Just keep moving, God. Just keep moving. But here's where it ends. For this tonight. Let me rephrase that. It don't end here, it starts here. We need to believe what He's already done. Robert, we're praying for God to move for certain things in our life, and God's already done it. We're praying for God to do certain things, He's already done it. Here's the difference. You remember what I said earlier? We gotta learn how to receive. Ed Drummond, it's not that God's not doing it. We've got to learn how to receive. we got to practice receiving from God. we got to pray that God will help us to understand and learn to receive from Him. I'm going to give probably one of the strangest the calls I've probably ever given but I'm going to give it to you just like this because it's what I feel. If you need anything from your God this night, if you need anything in your life, in your family, in your home, in this church, wherever it's at, but you need anything from your God tonight, come down here right now and practice receiving it from God.